Boker Tov, I'll get Nisruchag. Today's daf is daf Lamed Zion in Yuma. Again, we learn for a four Shlema for Yosef, Azriel, Ben, Chaya, Michal, and all those injured in the uh, <coughs> in the accident on at uh, Givat Zev on Erev Yantif, as well as all those who are still uh, injured uh, from the Miron incident. Maish, one day... Whoa, welcome to my Smith. I was going to write you, and I thought, I'll wake you up. I thought you're keeping two days. I forgot that you were No, no, you're... no, nice going to Rav Asher. Oh, okay, Kolakavo, one day, very good. Welcome back, Marsh. <laughs> welcome <laughs> back, it's been... Okay, very good. It was good. Today, guys. <laughs> okay, good to see you, good to see you. He even you. got a haircut. <laughs> I got yeah. a haircut. yeah. <laughs> Okay. I got one a Bari Lana for I'm okay. Friday going back to All that right. story. <laughs> okay. All right, says the Mishnah in Daflamid Zion. Bala Lamizra Chazara. The coin Gadol on Yom Kippur came now to the east side of the Azara. Remember, if we looked at the uh, diagram the other day, the illustration, where he was standing, he stood originally uh, when he did the smicha, he stood on the uh, northeast, uh, northeast, northeast corner. Uh, rather, northwest corner of the uh, Mizbeach. And that was what the previous Mishnah talked about. And now he's standing a little bit further. That, the first diagram is on uh, number 73, Hay, that we learned the other day, where he stood on the uh, northwest corner of the Mizbeach. And it said there, between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. That's where he stood and he did the Smicha there. That's what we learned before. Now, after after the, that par. He came now to the two Seirim. Balu lemizur chazara letzafon hamizbeach to the north hamizbeach. This is very important. If you look here at number seventy-eight, it says he came here to the east of the mizbeach, uh, east of the azara. Right, letzafon hamizbeach, north of the mizbeach. What he's saying here really is is that the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to talk about this. That if he was on the east. He had to be, and when it says Letzafon Mizbeach, means he was totally north of the Mizbeach. That means that no part of the Mizbeach is in the north side of the Azar. If you split the Azar into two, the whole Mizbeach, according to the sheet, it's Mashma Lechora, is in the southern part of the Mizbeach. There's always this question, and we know the diagrams of the Azara. We've been through this many times. It's 187 by 135, and it's split into two, and there's a north, there's a north side and a south side. Right uh, of the of the um, and and all carbonos kachim kachim have to be in the north side. But where exactly was the mizbeach? Was the mizbeach partially in the north, partially in the south? Was it equidistant, or was it all in the south? That was a question that was we've had this before. We had this in in Zvachim. So the charetz mashma over here when he says, and he came to the east of the azara, north of the mizbeach. That means that he couldn't be standing in the east of the Mizbech and be partially, partially that the east side of the Mizbech cannot be at all in the Tzafim, because he says he came to the east of the Azara, north of the Mizbech. That means that he couldn't be in the east and uh, in the east of the Mizbech and also be north of the Mizbech. In other words, he, if he was in the north of the Mizbech, no part of the Mizbech was in that area at all. That means that the whole Mizbech was in the south 
and he was north of the Mizbeach. Gemara is going to talk about this. So Askan Bimina, the Skan Kohen Kodal, was on his right side, Rosh Pesach, and the head of that shift of that family of the Kohanim was on his left side, Ms. Mo. We'll talk about this as he came. So he accompanied them. Again, You look if you look at number 78, you'll see that he's standing there, and the two other Kohanim are standing on each either side of him, and he's got the two, uh, the two Seirim uh, there. And again, if you look, you see south, north, He's north of the Mizbeach, I mean, but you don't really see there that the whole Mizbeach is in the south, as we're describing now. We'll see that in the Gemara, but that's where he's, uh, that's where, that's what the diagram shows, that he's standing there with either Kohan, each Kohan on each side. Shnei and he's got the two goats there, the two, the two male goats, the Kalpia Yisasham, and there was a lottery box there. In modern Hebrew, when you go to vote, you go to the Kalpi, right? There was a, there was a lottery box there, Bosh there were two lotteries in there. Shela a kind of wood, uh, which Ashkorosh says is brosh, which is like cypress wood, how you. That's what it was made of. We'll see, it could be made from any, anything. But Osim Ben Gamla Shazab. Ben Gamla, uh, who was also a Kohen Gadol, right? When he was made to be Kohen Gadol, so he made them out of gold. We'll talk about things. And there's a different Kohanim Dolim. They uh, wanted to sort of split, to put their stamp on things and make things nice and like have their honor, the, the plaque. So they would add gold to various parts of uh, things in the base of Migdash. And that was all for their shvach that they wanted to uh, make it, you know, to add uh, um, majesty to the base of Migdash. So he made them out of gold. And they said, you see, because he did that, he was remembered for good. For shvach, for praise, he was remembered, he was praised with this. Then we're going to talk about other things that were praiseworthy, and this is going to lead us a little bit of on a tangent about other Kohanim uh, Dolim, when they were appointed Kohen Gadol, they also added or donated things, and they were remembered for good, and tomorrow we'll see that it will repeat about the things that some Kohanim were, were repeated for bad, because things that they didn't, they didn't do that were not praiseworthy. So this is where we get to the point where they, uh, the Kohen Gadol, though, chooses now a lottery, any to decide which uh, sar is going to be Lazozo, which is going to be the scapegoat, and which is going to be the uh, the one that's brought as a carbon inside the Heichal. So the Gemara first, the Mishnah first goes on off this tangent, said other things that were said for uh, praiseworthy. Ben Katnasa Yudbeis Dadlakir, he made, the Kiyo originally had two spouts, two spigots, one on top, one on the top, one on the bottom. He added on and he made 12 out of them. Shalohaya Lashnam is originally there were two. Uh, and why did he make 12? So that all 12 kind of, remember we're in the second pious and the second lottery. You had the coin who won and then he had the other guys with him, a total of 12. This way they could all wash their hands at the same time. So uh, he made 12. This is also, if you're looking at illustration, uh, number 37 just shows a little box with the lottery. Number, uh, I mean, not number 37, number 79, rather, and number 80 is a picture of the spigot, <coughs> the various 12, you see the 12 spigots there, but it really shows more than that, it shows the 12 spigots and that red, uh, that's like a reddish uh, golden um, kior, that he added the uh, the other 10 spigots, at a total of 12, and also, now he did, he had the 12, but he did, he made a, um, like a sort of a, um, a contraption, uh, a wheel contraption that allowed the cure to be lowered into the water at the end of each day so the water would not become uh, Pasal Belina. He made this sort of a machine for the Kiyosh Shalohi Yameim of Nesam, Shalohi Yameim of Nesam, so the water 
would not become puzzle. And base of Migdash is, you know, carbon, if it stays overnight, it becomes puzzle. It's no sar. So here, too, the water would become puzzle. This way, it was lowered into the bore, into the well of water each evening so that it would, it would stay, so to speak, fresh, halacha, spiritually fresh, that it wouldn't go bad by being outside. Another uh, praiseworthy thing is Munbas HaMelech, he made the handles, as we'll see for the vessels, we'll see which vessels they were in the Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, he made them out of gold. He made the handles out of gold. The Gemara is going to say, why only the handles? Why not the items themselves? We're going to talk about it's the handles of various knives and axes and sticks, things like that. He made them out of gold. Again, a praiseworthy thing that he added gold into some of the, uh, you know, and, and some of the uh, appliances and things like that that was used in the base of Middash. His mother, Hilne Imo, uh, Mumbaz's mother, Helene, Asa Nevreshishosov, she made a, a golden candlestick, Al Pesach Hechal, at the door of the Hechal, right? Al Pesach Shel Hechal. Um, and we'll see what that was used for, a golden thing, and it, and it glistened at a certain time of day to let people know when it was time to daven. Vafi Asa she also made a golden tablet, Shaparshasotik Suvale. You know, when there was a sota, they had to. Uh, to make a parchment, and they were, and they put that in the water and blotted out the letters, and that was part of the procedure for processing a sota who was a suffolk, whether she committed adultery or not. And she went this, through this process to determine whether she was really guilty or not. But they needed a. This tabla was basically the, when you when you wrote these psukim and the parsha sota from the Torah. You needed something, a, a guide. You just can't write it by memory. You're not supposed to write it by memory. It's a little bit long. So it's not, it's a short parsha, but still you should, uh, they, they did this as a, as a mnemonic. So to, to, they look at the, uh, as a guide, you know, you have this tablet with, with the parsha sota written on it. And then they wrote a parsha on, on parchment from that, that they used actually in the process. But she, they used, this was like the tablet, like you have in the shuls, you know, the modem is written on the modem anachnulach, modem drabon is listed on the wall so people look at it. So here, they, she made this golden tablet. Well, the Gemara will talk about whether you're allowed to do something like that. And then we have the famous, another thing that was praiseworthy was Niknor, the famous Niknor, Nasser Nisim, the source of uh, miracles happened to his doors. He donated the doors that lead from the Ezra's Nashim into the Azara. All these were praiseworthy. All these things that people donated, uh, these items to the base of Migdash were all praiseworthy. Like Rabbi Wein always says, Lost of Love on the third base of Migdash will have all the donated plaques, you know, and this guy, you know, this guy donated anonymously, and this guy donated this, and this guy donated that. That's basically what they did here. Not that they had their names on it in, at the time, in, in the base of Migdash, but it was known that they had uh, donated these things, and this, and they were therefore they were they were praiseworthy. So the Gemara first talks about the the uh, geography over here in the Azar Midikam of Mizbeach. Since it says he stood to the north of the Mizbeach, Mechlad the Mizbeach Lavetzafim, it's mashma that no part of the Mizbeach was in the north. Again, not like the Shitas that it was partially north, partially in the south, but it's mashma it was totally in the south. So if you took the um, the east west, uh, the north south rather, north south. Uh, area of the base of the Azara, north south was 135, and half of that was let's say 62 and a 62 and a half, right? It was, it was 62 and a half? Is that right? Or um, yeah, uh, 60, 67 and a half rather, 67 and a half. So at the 67 and a half mark, the whole Mizbeach was in the southern part, was in its in that in the south 67 and a half Amis of the Azara, and no part of it was in the north. 
Right? Rashi explains, the first Rashi in the Gemara, no part of Mizrach was in the north, in North Hazarah. If he stood next to the, next to the east, uh, in other words, the carbon is a kachim, kach, of course. If it, uh, all year round, it's uh, you have kachim, kachim. Certainly on, on Yom Kippur, this is kachim, kachim. Has to be in the north. So therefore, since he says he stood to the north of the mizbeach, it, it's mashma that no part of the mizbeach was in the north because since no part of mizbeach was in the north, and if he stood to the east of the mizbeach, that means he couldn't be in the north, and he had to be in the north because this was kachim, kachim. So therefore, it's mashma midikam l'tzafim asbech machadim asbech l'avatzafim at all. So if that's the case, money Reb Lozer ben Yaakov the chazik goes with Zerk of the Tanya. Tzafonu lifnei Hashem. Pasuk says Tzafonu lifnei Hashem. She hates Tzafon kulu panui. Diver Reb Lozer Because he holds that the whole northern side was totally empty. There was no structure. There was no mizbech at all. Because it's Tzafona lifnei Hashem. In other words, Tzafona l'yerach mizbech. Tzafona l'ashen avirashi says it's space. It's empty. It's the empty area. It's empty. Why? Because there's no Mizbech there. That's Rabbi Lezer Yaakov. I have a Reisha, Rabbi Lezer Shimon. But in the Reisha, if you look at, again, if you look, go back to uh, Friday's diagram, number 73, right? Over number 73, it's hard to see it in there, but the, the, the Lashon of the mission was he stood between the Mizbech and the Ulam. Well, if the whole Mizbech was in the south, and he couldn't do the avoda there of this kachim kachim animal because he had to be in the north. So how does that? How does that jive? How does the, how do the two mishnayos jive? Says the smash of a reish or a of Shimon who holds that what that the mizbeach uh, was partially in the north too, and that's how he was able to stand there because it said be'u mizbeach. Says the no kula of blazer miyakov. All goes with Yaakov who says like we smash from this mission that the whole mizbeach was in the south. The entire mizbeach was in the south. The tani bebein ulam mizbeach in the previous mishnah on Lamed Hay. When it says over there that he stood between uh, between the uh, mizbeach and the ulam, it's not between the mizbeach and the ulam, but rather bibbein mizbechlam near the mizbeach and the ulam. Meaning, this is really, if you look carefully at number seventy-three, he doesn't show him. He's not standing between the mizbeach and the ulam. He's standing a little bit to the north of there. He's he's almost between the ulam mizbeach, but because he has to be in the north, but he's as close as he can get. To the area between the ulam's bech again, so because of the chulsh of the kohen gadol, we said we want him to be as close as he can to the ulam, to the uh, to the heichel, so he doesn't have to, that much uh, to to walk. So therefore, it says there in the mishnah that he stood between. Not really, it doesn't really mean between the ulam and the mizbech, but it means bibbein ulam mizbech. He stood almost between the ulam and the mizbech, but actually he was actually in the north. Okay. Um, Right, so that's that's the that's back on Lamed Hay, so Lamed in or in or Lamed Dalid rather is it Lamed Dalid? No, no, it's it's in Lamed Hay. And Lamed Hay Bay says Bolo Eitzel Paro Paro Uparo Yomet Bein Ulam Mizbech. Not really between the Ulam Mizbech because that would have been in the south if the Ulam Mizbech is in the south, and if he stood between Ulam Mizbech, he was in the south, which he couldn't be. So it's rather Bibbein Ulam Mizbech near near the area between the Ulmas Bech, but it was actually a little bit a drop further the, a drop further north than that. Haskambi min of Rosh Beis Abismol. So we said in this diagram that we see in um, uh, in number 78 on page 39, 
Again, where he's standing with the two Kohanim on either side. So it said the Skan was on his right and the Rosh Pesach was of Om Rav Yudah, Hamalach Amin Rabbah. If you walk on the right side of your Rebbe, Harez Abur, you're an ignoramus. That's an old, uncultured person. It's not proper to walk between your, uh, on the right side of your Rebbe. We'll see, this is really, if it's just you and your Rebbe, you shouldn't be walking on his right. It shows its arrogance. Tanan, Haskam bimir rosh beisavasmolo. What about our mission? The mission says that the skam was on his right side. So why isn't that? Why it was the skam of boor? Was that a and it's a mishmashman? He's supposed to do that. But oh, tiny. We learned shoshay machem. There are three people walking on the road. Harabem. So the rav should be in the middle. Gavli mino bekat masmolo. So the the of the two other people besides the rav, the greater of the two of the two students, let's call them. Should be on his right side. The Chemetzim B'Shlosh Malachi Ashari Shaboei Salavim says Michal Michal Be'Emzai Gavriel B'Mino V'Rafal B'Smolo because it says they were all three standing before him. Shlosh Anitzav Malav. If they were in a in a line, then only one would be facing Avram. Then they all came together. Targum Rav Shmuel Bar Papa Kmeid Ravada Kadeshi Eskasabo Kadeshi Eskasabrabu. What really means is he's not exactly to his right. He's a little bit behind him, so to speak, to cover him up. In other words, to protect him, and that's a way of doing it. He should be around him. It should be, so to speak, encompassing him. If you walk opposite your Rebbe, you're a boor. Again, you're an, you're an uncultured person. If you walk behind him, it's like you're an arrogant person, like he's going in front of you, like you're the king. The answer is the matzda, that's do they. He doesn't mean directly behind him, and he doesn't mean directly, uh, directly to his side. He means he's behind him, but a little bit slanted. So he's not directly behind him, but he's on the side a little bit. That's what he means. He should cover him up a little bit. That's the respectful way to walk when two guys are walking. The Mepharshim say that's when two guys are accompanying the Rebbe. But if, if one person is accompanying the Rebbe, it's proper to walk on the left, not on the right. The copy I used to show me the the lottery box was there with two lot with two uh, with two uh, uh, we'll say two uh, lots inside right two lots two choices tunnel bottom but us on all shnasim gorolos you'll put on the two seirim gorolos these lots gorolos shakaldaver we'll see it's not from the word gorolos but shakaldaver means it can be made out of anything you can make these lots out of anything yachol yachol yitain shnayim alzev shnayim alzev it says. You should put on the two C rim gorolos. Maybe you should put two of uh, two lot or two lots on each one. In other words, if one says Hashem, one says Azazel, maybe you should put two of Hashem on one, two on the other. So explain the Mephorshim. Tom Goral Echel Hashem Echel No. You shouldn't put two of the same on each one, but one should be Lashem, one should be Lazazel. In other words, you don't make two gorolos, two lots with Hashem's name. And two out of Lazazel, but rather one of one Lashem, Okay, so there's one Lashem and one Lazazel. Two lots, one Lashem, one Lazazel. But maybe on each animal you should put both of them. And Rashi learns put both of them which one and then pick whichever one you want. Tosa doesn't like that, but but it's uh Tosa's proud is not it also has difficulties with it. But the idea is that maybe you should put two lot two lots on each animal, one Lashem, one Lazazel. Right? Maybe you should put two lots on each animal, and one lot one lot on each animal says Lashem, and one lot on each animal says Lazazel. You can't put two of the same one on each animal, but maybe you could put one one on each animal. Right? So, 
There's only one Lashem. You don't have two lots at all that have Hashem's name on it. There's only one lot that says Hashem's name on it. So what's the Lashem of Gorolosh? She was shoven. That they should be the same. You shouldn't make one out of gold, one out of silver. One large, one small. Gorolosh. Okay, so that's what they, they should look the same. They should be the same lots. As is uh, shown in uh, illustration number seventy nine, where it basically it's two two lots in in a lottery box, and um, you know two choices, and they should look basically the same, except the difference in the name. Says the Gemara of Shigarola, Obviously, it doesn't say what you should make them. Why can't you make it out of whatever he wants? Like might think. By the tzitzazov that the coin Godel wears on his forehead. Shashem Kosovalov, Hashem's name is written on it. That's the word. It says Kodesh Hashem. But who shells off? It's made out of gold. Yachalav Zekain. I might think also, since this has Hashem's name on this lot, maybe you should also make it out of gold. Talmulomer, Gorol, Gorol Reb. It says Gorol twice. And Rashi Tosis points out that it's before we said it's from the word Gorolos. That you have that, that he can make out of anything. He says, no. It's that, that's just telling you that the word goros both, both uh, can mean anything. The goros means that there's two, but the fact that they can make out of anything is from the fact that it repeats the lotion of goral twice. Goral, goral, riba. It tells you any kind. Make it not out of gold. Make it, remember, riba, shalzai, so you can make it out of olive wood. Riba, shalagas, you can make it out of nut wood. Riba, shalashkor, you can make it out of cypress wood. Make it from whatever wood you want. That's okay to do. Again, you could make it out of gold, but you don't have to. Ben he made twelve spigots, twelve spouts on the on the kior instead of two. Tana the ones, the twelve who were osik in the tumma that we learned by the pious sheni. Remember the, uh, all the various jobs that they did there. All those twelve they could all wash their hands and feet simultaneously. Tana shachras in the morning. When the when the kior is full of water, he should take from the upper spigot. Arvis b'ridaso, but in the evening he takes b'ridaso. Mekadesh when he goes down, that is when he finishes the avoda. Mekadesh regular from the lower one. Farshim explained over here what do you mean the upper one and the lower one? If there was twelve, he's really going on when there was two. Before Ben Cotton did twelve, so he had two. He had an upper one and a lower one. So because because the the um, water in the basin was was holy, you were not supposed to waste it. So if you use the bottom spigot, the pressure of the water, if it was full, would force you, when you opened it up to get water out, you would waste some water. So in the morning, it's better to take from the upper spigot, where the pressure of the water wouldn't be as great as on the lower one, since the, since the kira was full. So in the morning, you should take from the upper one, so as not to waste any water. In the evening, when a lot of the water was used up already, you could take from the bottom spigot. And presumably in the in the evening there wouldn't nothing would come out of the upper spigot because the water level was too low. He also made this Ben Cotton not only made the twelve spigots but he also made this um, uh, this pulley. It's like a pulley contraption uh, to be able to lower the uh, kior into the um, into the water pit in in the in the azara each evening. My What does this mean? The muchni. It's a gilgal. It's really like a pulley. It's a pulley system to have a mishakale that was able to sink the uh, kior and it stayed overnight in the pit so that it didn't become a uh, puzzle with no sar. So he made, he when he, um, the other ones we mentioned, Ben Cotton was a Kohen Gadol, and um, who were the other ones mentioned? Ben Gamla, Ben Katin, 
these were koinim gedolim, uh, but uh, Munbas obviously wasn't a koin gadol. Uh, but um, he was a, a gear, right? We learned he was a gear. But anyway, so he, he uh, when he was the king, he made all the handles out of gold. So it's more about dinner did do this. Why talk about making the handles out of gold? Make the kale themselves out of gold. I mean, if you're my, my only the handles, Amrabaya, the other second, we're talking about handles of knives. Well, the knives can't be made out of gold. Wall, gold is one of the softest metals around, so it wouldn't be good as a knife. So we're talking about the handles of the knives. The knives were made, the, the blades were made out of metal, but the handles, he made, he made gold. That's what he did. Meisvei. Afuasa. What do you mean? You're saying that he, only the handles of knives are what he turned into gold, what he made out of gold? Afuasa kane kalem. He made the basins for the kalem. Ve'ugne kalem. And the rims. Ve'yados kalem. And the handles. Ve'yados sakina. And the handles of the knives. Shalyom ekipurim shalzov. He made these out of gold. Now here you mentioned both the handles of knives and the handles of kalem. So you wanted to, what was your answer before? The question was, why didn't he make the kalem themselves out of gold? Oh, we're talking about kalem that were knives. Knives can't, then blades can't be made out of, out of gold. So we're talking about the handles of knives. But here you see he mentions both the handles of vessels and the handles of knives. So obviously, you know, those kalem does not refer to knives. So uh, what's your answer to that? Why, if, if we're talking about kalem, why didn't he make Caleb other than knives? Why didn't he make not just the handles, but why didn't he make the Caleb themselves out of gold? We're talking about the handles, the helves of the Garnibhatsina are axes and sickles. So we are talking about kinds of knives, but not really knives, not knives per se, but these are uh, cutting instruments like a sickle or like an axe, something like that, which had to be made out of metal. You couldn't make that out of gold. But the handles could be made out of gold. She made a golden candlestick at the door of the Heichel. When the sun would rise each morning, like a, uh, a rays, uh, rays would uh, bounce off this beautiful candlestick. It was placed in such a way so that when the sun would rise, the uh, the thing would the uh, candlestick would glisten and you would see the rays bouncing off there. The sun's rays would bounce off the candlestick and people knew it's time for Kriyashma. What time is that? So Rashi tells us, well, he says, when the sun, when the sun rises, if you read, say, Kriyashma in the morning with the people in the base of Migdash, the people of Mishmar, or Anshe Mama, the winds read the Psukim, the Israelim there, Lo Yotza, you're not Yotza, Kriyashma, the people of the Mishmar are say it earlier, Mamish earlier, sometimes even before Alosa Shachar, when it's too early, but they say it because we're afraid they'll be Osek and they won't get a chance to say it later on. And they say it after they finish everything. So, so we're afraid that you shouldn't say it when the people from the Mishmar say it, and you shouldn't say it when the people of Mamad. Mishmar too early, Mamad is too late. We're talking about the other people in Shalom, meaning the proper time to say Kriyashma is as the sun rises. That's when Vasikim, when we say Davening Vasikim, you say Shmanesre uh, right after Nets, and Kriyashma immediately before that. But the Mepharshim say the truth is that Midaraisa, you're Yotze as soon as Alos Hashachar. Alos Hashachar today in Yerushalayim was at about 355, right? So the Mepharshim say like this that that's from first light, daylight, daybreak, at, 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 very early in the morning, you could be Yotzei with Kriyashma. But Midrabana, you're not Yotzei, 
until you read it, when uh, it's say Kriyashma, when you could recognize your friend from Dalad Amas away. That's called, that's what the, that's what the Mishburah says, that the time to say Kriyashma properly, Mirabonan, you're not Yotze, unless you said it, when you could recognize somebody in the street, you know, from four Amas away, without any uh, external light. So, could be that when he say over here, Lo Yotza, when I mean, when it says, Kriyashma Manshe Mishmar, if they're saying it after Alos, technically you are Yotza Midaraisa. They're saying it, basically the Anshim Mishmar are saying it at Alos HaShachar. So what's that? They're saying it early, earlier than the Halacha Drabana, but Midaraisa you Yotza there. So when he says Lo Yotza, Lo Yotza just means it's not the proper way to do it. I'll be the Iker Mitzvah, you are Yotza, because if you said it at any time after Alos HaShachar, you Yotza Kriyashma. So Kriyashma can be said very early, even Kriya, even at Alos HaShachar. Uh, although it's improper to say Shmanesre that early, you shouldn't say Shmanesre until uh, until Nets. Right. And this Hilne Amalka also made this tablet with the uh, with the parsha of um, of Soton. This is Marshmamina From here, you could see that even if you don't have a Sefer Torah, you could just write part of a Sefer Torah, like a Chumash. You could write part, you could, write, you could divide it up and just write a certain parsha in it, like we print today, but we're talking about writing it on a Megillah, you know, writing it properly is with the Sofer and all the proper way you would write a Sefer Torah. Can you write that just like a short chapter of the, uh, of the Torah? There's a machlokas about that, but in Gittin, whether you're allowed to do it. However, here you see, you're allowed to write a Megillah for a child to learn. In other words, just for study purposes or not for laning, not to have a real Sefer Torah. However, here you see, you're allowed to because she made a golden tablet with the Parsha on there. Amr like Mishra Mariani, no, Aleph base. She didn't really, when we say that she had the Parsha of Sota, it wasn't really the Parsha of Sota with all the words in the, in the section of the Torah, but rather did it with abbreviations. You know, just let the letters, just Rashi Tevos, so that uh, to be used as, uh, to remind the person, the Sofer, who's writing the Parsha of the, of the Sota on a cloth, just to remind him what the words were. But it was just a hint with an Aleph base. Meisve, Kshu Kosev, when he writes it, Ro of a Kosev, Masha it's when he writes it, he looks at what's written on the tablet, and then he writes it on the parsha of the sota. So, because when the coin writes the megillah to 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 uh, give her a drink, you know, to go through the process of the sota, he looks at what's written on the tablet. Smashma, the whole thing is written there, not Rashi Tevis. Ema roa v'kosev kimasha kasev tabla. Not what's actually written in the tabla, but like what's written in the tabla. And as the tabla has the Rashi Tevis, and from there he reminds himself exactly what to write the whole parsha with all the words. What's written on the tabla? The beginnings of these psukim. That these words are written in their entirety. That it's not simply an abbreviation of letters. They were talking about where it skips around just certain sections. Rashi explains what it means this. He says that he starts with the, 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 in, the, in the tablet that, uh, that Hilne Amalka had done, or any any, uh, even if you did it on parchment, just to remind you what to write, it says, it starts with a few words, Imlo Shachav. And then afterwards, Achor of Rashi Tevas. And afterwards, it's just uh, abbreviation, letters, until the end of the Pasuk. And then the Pasuk says, V'at Kisotis. Then he writes out, V'achor of Rashi Tevas, at Sofa Mikra. Then it says, Yitin Hashem Oscha, you know, La'ola, for cursing. It says, Yitin Hashem Oscha. Those words are written. In other words, certain words are written. 
Because it says, it says he, rich, he looks at what's written in the tablet, and what's written in the tablet, im mashlet, the whole thing's written. No, it just says like the, the first two, three words of each pasik, and then the rest is by abbreviation. So it's no proof from over here that you're allowed to write a certain part of the parsha, that you're allowed to write that on a cloth that you can, that you do. I think we, Lamais, I think we, we're makele about that, and people could write a, par, a portion of a uh, parsha. A portion of the Torah, like you can write one parsha on a clop. Anyway, it's machlokus and gittin, and from here you can't prove it. Niknor So this is a famous story we've all heard about. Niknor, who donated uh, these uh, doors to use in the base of Migdash, it's mostly uh, we hear in the Gemara. It's mostly used when the Mitzor, the Mastoris, stands at those Shari Niknor when he stands in the Ezra Nashim and puts his hands into the Azara to be purified. So Nikna Nasa Nisan Basanabanam Manisan Basan said, What was the um, miracle that happened to his doors? Umru Shalak Nikna Lahabi Dasas Mayaksan Shamatraim. He went to Egypt to have these uh, beautiful doors fashioned from uh, from a kind of nechoshis, a kind of a brass that we'll see was a very expensive uh, door. Bachazurasu, when he returned by a ship, he returned from Mitzrayim and he was on his way to the port of Akko. Amr Lav Nachshol, there was a big tidal wave came, Shabiyam, a big tidal wave came, Latavo, to sink the whole boat. So in order to lighten the boat, and he took one of the doors, which were very heavy. Uh, they took one of the doors, and threw it into the, into the water, into the sea. And the, and the, the uh, sea was still very angry, so to speak, right? The storm still continued. They were going to throw the people on the boat, said, so let's throw off the other bo- door also. Amad, who, he got up this... Uh, and Niknar got up a karcha, and he wrapped himself around it. He embraced the door of Amrullah, and he told him, Hitilirim, if you're going to throw the door, throw me off with it too. This was the Messiris Nefesh that he did for these doors. Miyad Nachayam, when he said that, the sea rested. Mizafo no longer was angry, so to speak, in the sea. The storm stopped. But the whole way, on the way, rest of the way to Israel, uh, he was upset about the other door that was apparently lost at sea. Kivan Shigil and Amoshel Akko, when he came to the port of Akko, the other door had been stuck, so to speak, or traveled along underneath the boat. And as they pulled into the port, the other door, the other door popped up from out, from underneath the sides of the boat. They show him, some say, some say that a large fish, a gigantic whale or whatever, had swallowed it and spit it out at the port as they as they entered port. Uh, Shlomo, Shlomo alluded to this when he said, Koros arazim, the the uh, beams of our houses are made out of cedar, Rohitenu Barosim, Pasakin right? And our Rohitenu, it sounds like our furniture, right? But he says that Ritan really refers to the doors and it's Rashi says it's called Rohitenu Lashandelishu Ratsvino it opens and closes quickly. So like runs, right? So uh so Rosum Rohitenu Brosim our our doors are brosim. What is brosim? Brosim means like brosh, like uh, like uh, uh, like this uh, cypress wood, like we talk about like we talk about with the lot the lottery box. Uh, brosim is like uh, cypress. I'll take brosim, don't read it as brosim, ella bir ella brisyam. A covenant in the ocean between the two doors, Rashi says. Kilo Karsa bris zoom zoo. Like they made a covenant, I'm not coming without you. The two doors uh, stuck together, and uh, you know, somehow magically, or you know, Minashamayim, uh, the one door that stayed on the boat, the other door came along with it because they had this, uh, this, um, 
pact that's covered between them. Rashi brings another pshat that Bris Yami puts in another yud there, and Bris that refers to the creature of the of the see the the whale or whatever, the large fish that had uh, swallowed the door and then spit it out at the port. Lefichach, therefore, Kolasham Shayiv Mikdash, all the Sharim, all the other gates in the base of Mikdash. When they, when they became, when the Jews became more wealthy and they could afford it, they turned them into, they made them out of gold. They covered them with gold. Except the Sharnik, the famous gates, the doors of Niknor, because, because miracles happened to them in their state. So we left them in, in that exact state because that was the miracle. We don't want to obliterate the miracle in any way. We want to remember, look at those doors, even though these are the only doors that were not made out of gold when they could afford it. But they left them that way because of Nisan. Some say no. The reason they left them that way is because their nechoshes, their brass, or this what they were made from, was gold in itself. It glistened like gold, and therefore they kept it that way because it looked gold anyway. You didn't have to add anything to it. Blessed be Yaakov. Nechoshes klunisa was Corinthian, uh, Corinthian brass or copper. And also glistened like gold. So whatever it was, either was because it was naturally glistened and looked like gold, or because they it clearly wasn't gold, but they wanted to remember the nace, and therefore they left it that way. So those are the ones that were mentioned Lashvach as we talk about these issues on the side as we talk as we continue to talk about the uh, the Sar Azazel and the Sar Lashem. And um, and tomorrow's Dafamir Tashem, we hope to finish the parak tomorrow. We'll talk about the opposite, the ones that, that uh, the people that were mentioned, Lignai, that they didn't do such praiseworthy things and they were remembered for bad, uh, for shame. And we'll finish the parak with that and then we'll get into the next parak of Tarif Bakalfi about when I actually uh, drew the lottery and, and chose one Sari Lashem and one Lazazel, but they were both equal Se'irim. They both looked the same, etc. And you could it could have gone, either one could have gone either way. All right, we'll pick it up here tomorrow, Mitz Hashem. Have a good day, everybody. Kol Tuv. Okay.